Ah, you obviously know Kung Fu. Hi, I'm Ross Boyask, writer and director of I Am Vengeance Retaliation, and this is the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. His film, I Am Vengeance Retaliation, is streaming now in the U.S. and will be streaming in the U.K. on July 13th, 2020. Uh, make sure I got that right. But writer, director, filmmaker, Ross Boyask. Ross, thank you so much for joining the Kung Fu Drive-In podcast today. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to have you. Uh, I got to catch uh, I Am Vengeance Retaliation a couple times already. So uh, congratulations on that. But uh, before we get into all of that, how are you holding up in this new pandemic life? It's interesting that you say that. In the UK, we've just had restrictions kind of lower. And in fact, I was in my local supermarket, literally down the road. And today was the first time. I don't know if you guys had this. They had like a one-way system installed, like in the aisles and all of that kind of thing. Right. And you could only go in one way and all that. And I was on automatic pilot. And I just went in how I would normally go and left how I normally go. And I realized as I was walking out that they totally removed you know, considering how locked down we have been and it's all been very strict, it was suddenly gone and I haven't noticed until afterwards. So it's been, uh, during the lockdown, it has been tough, if I'm honest. Uh, we've mostly busied ourselves by concentrating on working on the UK release for the movie, obviously. Uh, and it came out in the States uh, and, and that was great. So it kept us busy. Uh, and of course, I've been writing on other projects and so forth. So while it's been tough in some ways, you know, quarantine, not being able to see friends and so forth, and also wanting to push projects forward, it's been very difficult to do that, of course. It's been great to have the release of the movie, as much as we would have loved to have had it in cinemas and, you know, be a bit more public and do screenings. Obviously, it's a shame we can't do that, but, but having the release anyway has been actually really helpful, probably helped keep me sane. Oh, good, good. And uh, there is, I guess, a, a, a silver lining to it because uh, that captive audience is looking for something to watch. It's very and true. They've got, uh, they've got options. <laughs> very true, very true. But uh, you've been involved in filmmaking for a while. So can you give us a little bit about your background and what drew you to filmmaking in the first place? Uh, sure. Well, it started when I was 11. Uh, 11? So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try and keep it simple. So from the age of about two and a half or three, I really wanted to work for comics, specifically Marvel uh, and at the time as a child, I obviously didn't really know the difference between companies, uh, but I loved superheroes. I was a massive fan of things like Teen Titans, Spider-Man, Avengers, you name it, really. Uh, certainly the, the main Marvel and DC titles. And I just spent my time in school and out of school uh, writing and drawing comics all the time. In my workbook at school, I was drawing Spider-Man and Daredevil and Moon Knight and all of that stuff uh when i should have been doing work uh <laughs> and then uh, when i was 11 i saw three movies in one day that completely changed my life and it's interesting when you speak to filmmakers perhaps of a certain age uh a lot of them will say you know i made movies because i saw jaws or because i saw star wars or indiana jones or goodfellas or whatever right the godfather uh the films that made me want to make films were in order revenge of the ninja uh commando and american ninja and I saw, nice. Yeah, I saw all three of those on the same day and essentially my 11-year-old mind exploded and said, <laughs> how do I do that? 
Like how can I? <laughs> yeah. Because if you look at ninja movies, I mean, particularly those sorts of movies, they're kind of comic booky. Ninjas are like superheroes. You know, they have powers in some ways. You know, they can fight and they use weapons and gadgets. And they're fairly simple stories, you know, well told of like good versus evil. Um, and, and Commando is a huge comic book. I love that movie. I've, I'm watching Commando in my mind right now. Like, I love that movie. <laughs> I, don't, I don't stop watching Commando. I'll probably keep remaking it until someone hires me to do it for real. Yeah, uh, give me your best uh, get to the chopper. Oh, really? Well, you know that's Predator, not Commando, right? We, are we going? On- oh, yeah, you're right. No, you're are right. We I'm going sorry. Yes. Peace. What are we doing? You're right. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> but, but, get to the chopper. <laughs> that's awesome well done (laughs) so no that's that's uh that's interesting that that comics uh was your uh kind of your intro to it um we talked a little bit before the show but i worked for marvel for six years uh, and comics were a big part of my life growing up too and that absolutely translated to to movies because i wanted my heroes larger than life all the time so uh were those your influences then was is was there a director or a set of directors that were your big influences when uh, yeah. when you were coming up in filmmaking? I mean, I guess some of these might be obvious in hindsight. Uh, and I, I mean, I absolutely sought out people like Sam Furstenberg, who I'm yep. delighted to say is, you know, like a Facebook friend and I've had a few private chats with him. <laughs> He's, he released that incredible book in the trenches. It's 750 pages. Uh, the chapter on Avenging Force alone, I have, you know, like just I'm just scouring it. Um, I'm convinced I probably know Avenging Force better than he does. <laughs> so, and, and, and so, so, so Sam Furstenberg, Mark Lester, Mark L. Lester, I should say for sure. Uh, and, and certainly, I mean, my main influences really maybe more recognizable influences are people like John Frankenheimer, Walter Hill. Uh, I mean, John Woo to a degree, Luke Besson, early Luke Besson to a degree. Um, but people like Frankenheimer and Peckinpah, Sam Peckinpah, I just don't think they can be beat. I think most of their films made however many years ago. Now I just watched Ronin again for the first time in a while. And that was what, like late nineties. And it's better than anything today. I mean, without being disrespectful of films today, like Ronin is just this incredible action thriller. Um, and so, and you, and you go back to other, like John Frankenheimer did the, the challenge, which is one of my favorite martial arts movies. And so, you know, those kind of, dare I say, mainstays of like the 70s and 80s. And even to a degree, people like John Borman, who did Point Blank, and Robert Aldrich, uh, going back, you know, to the Dirty Dozen and so forth. So uh, Don Siegel. So I could probably go on and on. Uh, but they're kind of like quite tough directors, I guess you'd say, like tough guy movie directors. Um, and even Eastwood, Eastwood himself. Yeah. I think of him as like the modern Kurosawa of a contemporary Kurosawa, I should say, with things like Unforgiven and, and even later films. Um, I think he's a master of how you execute yeah. film. Well, let's talk about tough guy films because Retaliation is, uh, it starts out at uh, a high adrenaline level right off the bat and it just keeps going, right? So <laughs> what is it about the action genre that appeals to you so much? Why is it still such a pull for you? That's a good question. I think... When, when I stop to think about that in terms of, you know, if you're writing or, or whatever, um, like just in developing things, I think it's probably because I'm still a fan. Mm. So I started as a fan wanting to make them and sort of figuring out in the backyard with my friends, you know, how do you do fight scenes, watching fight sequences, literally frame by frame, like how do they cut and change people like, like early Jackie Chan or, or like early 80s Jackie Chan, particularly Project A, Wheels on Meals and, and so forth. We watched the fight sequences frame by frame 
just sure. figure out how they do it and then of course we would emulate it uh, hopefully we've now put our own spin on things you know or i've put my own spin on things uh, i hope <laughs> i'm not just trying to copy people <laughs> but give your own version of things right um but i do a lot of nods and homages uh, so i think there was kind of like a childhood obsession with it that has carried through um and I, I love doing it. I mean, I, I would like to make any kind of film. I'd like to move into horror at some point or elevated genre, if I should call it that. Uh, I love action as a component. But in the end, I think the thing that keeps me going is I do believe in telling a good story, regardless of how minimal it might appear. It is about story. It is about characters. Action should tell a story. Fights should come from characters, not just there's a great kick, which we obviously put in, right, or an amazing move, you know, a finishing move or whatever. But in the end, the characters should tell their stories. You know, so I'll, I'll rephrase it slightly. The way characters move and fight should be as independent as or individual as their dialogue, right? Or, right. or uh, as they express themselves. I hope that makes sense. So, yeah. uh, and the example I'll give just on that is if someone, if 10 different people attack John Gold, played by Stu Bennett, those 10 people should have different training and different backgrounds and, and so forth. Sure. It should attack sort of in different ways. And then of course, how he responds in those fights, you know, when he's being attacked should also be different. Um, so there's something about telling the story through action, that I think has always engaged me. That's probably a very long yeah. way of me answering, but no, no. And that's great. And we'll, we'll get into more of that a little later because the, uh, the, the film industry, Right now is I think is taking advantage of uh, of that hunger for some action storytelling. So, for sure. uh, but we'll get into that in a, in a bit because um, I want to touch on the cast for uh, I Am Vengeance Retaliation. Great cast, um, lots of uh, humor from uh, from the characters, which I thought was was fun, um, as well as a lot of skill. Uh, so, uh, Stu Bennett, by the way, is a is a huge man. He's a, he's a beast. <laughs> Can I say? Well, it's on that point. You really don't get it until you're standing in front of him (laughs) like he is big on screen and of course you know there are ways you shoot people dare i say to look bigger smaller whatever you want to call it like in relation to people you know right but he is a unit when you when you stand next to you there's probably photos (laughs) of me and him online i am a short i am a five foot two and maybe a little bit guy right i'm (laughs) i am modestly heighted or whatever you right right Uh, very well put (laughs) i kind of come up to maybe his nipple right what <laughs> has its advantages i suppose um, but i mean obviously we just talk and we're friends and you know and so we work together really well and all of that stuff but yeah he is shout yeah <laughs> he is so so that comes into play when you're doing choreography right like or, or, or absolutely you know, or even you know the rest of the rest of the drama um so it's about using that as part of his character. It's about, you know, he, he fights in a very specific style. Uh, I, I wouldn't call it wrestling exactly, but I guess we'd call him a brawler. Uh, and, he, and then, of course, close combat, that kind of stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to the character. And he moves great, um, but uh, some of the things that make him fun to watch on screen is he's got great facial expressions, too. He, he uh, emotes really well. Um, how did you get involved with, with Stu Bennett uh, for this film? Well, I mean... And for I Am Vengeance, yeah. Of course, yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, there, there is a first movie. You don't need to have seen I Am Vengeance to enjoy Retaliation, I don't think. One of the plans specifically was to make it, but you could watch it without it. Uh, but hopefully, you know, you'd watch the first one and enjoy it anyway. Um, By the way, it's on Netflix here in the US. It so. is. It's, it, it's, it is. It's not on Netflix in the UK for some reason, but it's on Netflix in almost every other English. <laughs> and in fact, a little point on that. I didn't know it was on Netflix 
in the US. Like I didn't know it, it was out until I landed in Philadelphia to see some family on Christmas Eve uh, that year. Like two, I guess it was two years ago, uh, or two two Christmases ago. I landed on on Christmas Eve and turned my phone on, and suddenly I had this crazy influx of messages dude your movie's on netflix because i've got a lot of friends <laughs> where you, you right, know, right, right. and it's like what i i, I knew eventually it was going to be on netflix but they didn't say by the way next week you know whatever so that was really, <laughs> that was kind of wild that was kind of fun um so so for people who don't know the way i met you uh was we at evolutionary films are based at a place called three mills studios in east london it's one of east london's best kept filmmaking secrets it's a fantastic set of stages and offices we've been based there for five years uh and obviously there's a lot of productions going on there and there was a movie called uh, eliminators for wwe uh they were shooting there uh, starring my good buddy scott adkins who i worked with him a number of years ago uh, on a short movie and he's gone on to great success uh, big fan of, of his work as well as you know staying in touch uh and some great people on that on that shoot and you know i knew a bunch of them obviously i spoke to scott and so forth and um i saw Stu, and we sort of had a couple of brief chats but not not a lot but we, we were like uh, my my uh, producers john uh, adams and diane shorthouse who are the ceo and md of evolutionary films uh we we sort of had a chat about everything we thought he Stu would be terrific as john gold he, like yeah. we're looking for essentially a british punisher really yeah <laughs> that's kind of where we're going in the first movie right like a kind of tough terse got some moments of humor but a, a proper badass a proper kick-ass yeah. machine right particularly for the first film. um so uh we were trying to arrange having a chat but obviously it's very busy but sh- you know they're shooting quite intensely uh and then i try to think of how to kind of keep this tight but we got to the point where, where uh, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out how to talk to Stu or have a proper chat with him. Um, and a friend of mine, a stunt guy, wanted me to show a friend of his around around the studio one evening. And I was like, sure, I'll stay around and, you know, we'll meet up. He turned up with a very good friend of mine, Jason Beeston, who's done a lot of stunt work too. Uh, it was a complete surprise. Hi, how are you doing? And as we start to go around the studio... Uh, Stu arrives back. I think they've been shooting on location uh, with one of the production assistants. Very nice guy. Um, and the next thing that happens is Jason, who who's my mate, just leaps on top of Stu. Hey, blah, 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 blah. And it turns out he's ever so briefly doubled for Stu in Eliminators. I have no idea. Wow. So he's a really good friend. He says, hi, have you met Ross? Da, 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 da. Uh, we had a chat. I said, uh, actually, we kind of wanted to talk to you about this script that we're yeah, but we're looking to get into production. It's an action movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, do you, you know, yeah, I'll read it. I was like, thanks. And I turned around and walked calmly away until I was out of sight. And then I ran like crazy to the office. Like, <laughs> like literally, like, I don't know if you know Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but when uh, the principal yep, was running yep. down the hallway, that's kind, yes. <laughs> that's kind of how it was. It's quite funny. I literally dashed into the office. Stu's downstairs. I need the script. I need the script. Diane literally threw me a copy of the script that we'd had printed out. I ran back down again. I've been sort of calmed myself down and walked back over. I don't even know if Stu knows this bit, actually. It's quite funny. Uh, walked over, sort of smoothing my hair or whatever. Handed over short version he liked the script we then talked about it and you know x months later it got into production uh, and that's how that worked that's a really long version apologies (laughs) no that's cool no that's cool and i mean he he really does a a great job with uh with bringing john gold to life so with him he had he brought very he brought very much his own perspective on the character yeah 
Um, but other uh, cast members too. You got Vinnie Jones uh, in uh, Retaliation. That's a, a pretty big deal. That must have been a wild ride. Um, yeah. What was uh, what was it like having him on set with with uh, with Stu Bennett? I mean, that's a lot of muscle and a lot of skill right there. Right. Well, I mean, John, Diana, myself. One of the one of the key issues was going to be who do we get in because we had Gary Daniels who was amazing in the first movie yeah. and such a fan I've known him for a long time and that was really exciting pitting him against two very different types which we really loved that idea you know anyway uh, so now we're like well who can we get in in this kind of dare I say bigger and better action sequel and so forth um, and whoever it was had to match up physically like like to be able to hold yeah. themselves on screen they certainly had to be tough. Uh, it's kind of obvious but they had to be tough and <laughs> be convincingly tough but also they needed to have some they needed to have charisma and they needed to have humor uh, and they needed to be able to relate to different characters like teague sean teague the character that you play that Vinny plays is a huge part of the film it's not like some small cameo he is in most of the film yeah um and he's constantly like if you like sparring wits with Stu. Tegan Tegan Gold have this relationship that goes back. It's very acrimonious. But prior to that, they would have been saving each other's lives on a daily basis on missions. So who could we get? And speaking to Vinny, we had a really long chat with Vinny before he came on board. Again, he had his own ideas and everything. But you know, Vinny's been in so many movies. He's such a veteran of of movies of all types of genre yeah. and TV. He just did Arrow before he came to us. Right. Um and he brings so much with him. He brings so much experience. He's a veteran at it, uh, let alone his sporting career, you know, and, and the, pu the public perception of him. So, oh, yeah. so it was fantastic to work with him. It was um, one, one of my favorite things about filming, uh, certainly with Vinny, was we'd do a take. We'd, you know, we'd obviously pay attention. And then, then we, you know, we'd just briefly have a chat and then go to take two. And watching the adjustments he had made between the takes was fascinating it wasn't that he'd go wildly different but he would clearly have a think about you know how that take had gone and perhaps focus his attention on one of the characters in particular or whatever they are they weren't huge they weren't huge things but for me as a director watching what he did and, and, and adapting was fascinating and as a storyteller seeing things like that happen by the way Vinny wasn't the only person who did that but just his experience that he brought to that was invaluable it was terrific they had a good chemistry too, uh, John Gold and uh, and um, Teague. So it was nice to see that on screen. Um, there was also another uh, standout uh, character, uh, Katrina Durden, yes. uh, Jen Quaid. Uh, fantastic watching her. She's she's been a guest on the show before, but um, oh really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was. Uh, it, it was fun to watch her do her thing. I know she's a, a martial artist, uh, and uh, she had a great uh, role, and she did a nice job with it. Um, what? Uh, how did she get involved? And when you started uh, casting all of these guys, were you looking for that physical ability first above acting or was it, were you trying to get that balance? Because as you were talking about earlier, you want that action to, to carry that story through. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I, when we auditioned everyone for Jen Quaid and for, for Kate Lynch, uh, yep. Robinson Galvin, we had all of the actresses play two, the same scenes, but two different scenes with both characters in so so one of the scenes they would play uh quaid and then the other scene they would play lynch and everyone did a great job we didn't have that many people come in because to be blunt they needed to have the skill set they needed to be physically sure. capable of playing that role they didn't necessarily have to be top level martial artists 
but they absolutely had to have screen fighting. We, we double people here and although they are never doubled, Katrina and Phoebe are never doubled in the movie. Um, but they absolutely had to have the skill set and dare I say experience. You could be a martial arts person, but if you don't have screen fighting, it can be a crapshoot quite blunt. Right. Anyone, right. Any, anyone, it can be a crapshoot. Some people are amazing martial artists for real. You put them on screen and whatever you do, doesn't always work. Uh, uh, this is a subjective opinion, of course, uh, but it can sometimes not look right, even though they're incredible in real life as fighters, right? So, so it was super important when they had that skill set. They still had to be able to act too. Like, like it would have been a real letdown if one of those two characters perhaps didn't match up in terms of uh, like persona. Um, so, it was actually quite a bit. There was a point when we had like literally three actors including phoebe and katrina and we were like john dan and myself in terms of the casting we were genuinely going like what i loved about katrina and phoebe was that and what it really came down to was that they both in playing both roles in the auditions made very specific choices like you could see they were playing the roles like genuinely differently they'd made some specific decisions even things like posture and so forth at the time, like how they kind of arranged themselves to change the scene, if that makes sense. They'd really yep. thought it through. And that that was immediately uh, captivating, if you like. Because I've met Katrina a few times before, just, you know, casually here and there, uh, like events and things like that. Um, I hadn't met Phoebe before, but I'd seen her working with uh, Jean-Paul and uh, Laure Ploncel uh, in a short called The Division, which was fantastic. Um, so I knew that she was capable and obviously she has great credits in terms of action and so forth, but I hadn't necessarily seen her deliver the dramatic goods for bit, for, for, for her character in this. So it came down to a, a situation where we were genuinely thinking which one of them would play which role. It really came down to them in the end. Uh, everyone else who came in was great. Was no, no, nothing against, you know, there's no bad things here. It's just what it came down to. Um, and in the end, we, we, we made the decision that we did simply because of, you know, we, we had a few specific things that we liked about both of those uh, actresses for those roles. Was, I don't want too specific, but but that's how it worked out. And I think it really worked on screen. I was really, really happy with the results. It did. That scene with uh, with Phoebe and uh, Katrina fighting uh, together uh, looked really great. Uh, they, they obviously had a, a nice working relationship, so it was, it was cool to, on how that translated. Um, you also had uh, Tim Mann as the fight choreographer, so you had uh, your 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 talent was in good hands in terms of putting that action together on screen. I I really wish I could have seen more about how Tim, because obviously Tim, what he would do is try and grab the actors where he could to rehearse. Sure. It didn't always work out simply because of how <laughs> it was, but he grabbed them where he could. And I really wish I'd had time. I saw a few moments of rehearsing. You know, in between things, but I'd love to have seen more about how he was working with everybody. He's got such a great personality. We were laughing an awful lot, which was great. Like, uh, and so not that that's the most important thing, but it was really good to get on with him and share some moments like that on set when it's very hurry. You know, you, 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 there's no time to hang around really. Um, sure. Seeing how he worked with the performers on set as well was fantastic. Um, and what he did is, I mean, there are 19 fights in the movie plus a bunch of other explosions, yeah. <laughs> like gunfights and stuff. Um, and he very swiftly, because again, we didn't have a lot of prep time, very swiftly prevised a bunch of the fights. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And for anyone who doesn't know, what that means is he got a team together, put the fights, you know, put the fights together and essentially shot them on either, I don't know if it was a phone or a small camera or something, 
and edited them together. So but it was very easy, or relatively easy, I should say, to communicate what we were intending to get when we were on the day, shooting on the day with the DOP Simon and, and the crew and everything. So that was really helpful. Once we were up and running, I think it was much more straightforward because you just get into that zone of how you work. So, yeah, no, he was fantastic to work with. And watching how he worked with the actors and, you know, and everybody else was, was a joy. It was great. I'd love to. That's good. Yeah, now let's get back to that uh, the action film uh, genre in, in Hollywood now because with films like John Wick and Atomic Blonde and, and things like that and you know directors like Jad Stahelski putting action front and center, is the action film the it thing again for Hollywood uh, you know, prior to the pandemic? <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because for anyone who doesn't know, Evolutionary Films, we're a production company, but we're also a sales agent internationally and we're also a UK distributor. So we have found that action as a genre is kind of evergreen. Horror can be kind of cyclical, you know, in terms of what comes around and so forth. Right. I think there's always a market for horror, but it kind of the requirements of what people are interested in kind of changes. It can change by territory, let alone by time. So it's important to be in touch with our buyers about what they're looking for. So as a company, we represent all sorts of genres, you know, and so forth. But actually, we find to be evergreen. Um, so that's great. And I think that's kind of proving out with the success of things like the John Wick films, uh, Atomic Blonde to a degree. Extraction is, is probably my favorite example of recent years. Extraction uh, yeah. was, was amazing. I'm not too Fantastic. bothered about Everyone raves about things like the long take. I'm not bothered about that. Like, that's great. And it's very ambitious and a hell of an achievement. I don't really care about things like that on a personal mm -hmm. level. I just want to be entertained. So, yeah. but I mean, that's not to dismiss it. That's a hell of an achievement. Uh, but when I see things focused on that amazing 12 minutes, I'm like, I like the film. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, like yeah. The actual film. There, there could be a two minute scene or a 12 minute scene or a 40. I don't, I like the film. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. that Sam Hargrave, terrific storyteller. I thought he he told the story through action brilliantly. So I'm really excited about seeing what he does next as a director. Now, in, in light of the pandemic, though, with everything that's that's gone on and with the restrictions and social distancing and all that, how do you think that's going to impact the whole film industry? Because with action, the amount of people that are required, the amount of crew, the the close contact, all that, it, something's got to change, right? Or do you think that uh, there are gonna, there's going to be ways around it? I think inevitably we all tend to find ways to achieve what we're looking for. I mean, action, there's obviously, I mean, there's different types of action, I guess. There's action you can do at a distance, like a gunfight or, sure, yeah. or chase sequences or whatever. Um, when it gets down to the crew, I guess that comes down to the health and safety risks for any production. You have to kind of, there are productions now getting up and running, which is fantastic yeah. of all different types, certainly in the UK. It's slowly but surely but they are doing things. I think with a fight sequence, it's going to be, I mean, it's difficult because you've got to be close combat or close yeah. quarters to, to, to execute that. So I suppose the question comes, how safe can you make a production? Like how, how safe can you make a set? Um, and so forth. I think that these things will steadily get back to some kind of normalcy because otherwise there's nothing. Otherwise you don't make anything. Yeah. So um, I think, this is just a personal opinion. I think as things slowly loosen up a bit more and a bit more, people will get into it and they'll be checking people. Yeah. You know, they'll be taking people's temperatures and whatever. Um, I, I'm not joking. If someone said to me, Ross, come and direct an action movie tomorrow. I'd be like, sure. I, I really yeah. would. Like, I mean, I, obviously I'd want to know precautions are in place, sure. but it would be secondary to me going, I'd love to make a movie with 
<laughs> you know, you know, like, we'd, like to make, we'd like to make Vengeance 3, you know, next week or whatever. So, so, and I don't say that flippantly. It's a very sure. situation. But if someone said, come and direct this, I'd be like, okay, well, I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> um, because we love what we do. Um, right. course, I, yeah. Again, not meaning to sound flippant. It's, it's a serious situation. But no, of course. we want to make movies. We want to tell stories. It's what we love doing. Yeah. Well, then uh, what's the next story uh, from Ross Boyask? What's what's coming out next? And uh, obviously from you and Evolutionary Films. And then, of course, uh, get some plugs in. Tell people where they can follow you and, and uh, what's coming up. So we, we have another action title coming out soon called Tribal Get Out Alive, starring Zara Pythian, uh, Ross Hennessy, mm. and, and, and many others. Mark Sears, Rachel Warren, uh, some amazing people. Everyone, everyone I've forgotten to mention will now be annoyed with me. Uh, <laughs> but it's terrific. It's, it's essentially survival horror. But there's a huge amount of cool. fighting in it. Um, and it's a lot of fun. Like uh, directed by Matt Routledge, who's terrifically, terrifically talented, lovely person. Um, and that's really enjoyable. That's coming out uh in the UK August 17th, if I remember. Okay. Uh and uh and that's great. We're talking about how we're gonna, you know, platform that and present it and so forth. Uh for, that's for the company. We've got another a number of movies coming out soon, uh, which is great. We've really tried to keep, you know, like um sales going through pandemic which has actually been relatively successful and of course films coming out in the uk as a distributor so it's challenging but we're getting it done um for me as a director uh, i've actually got a short film called dead end three which is part of the dead end short movie franchise uh who's uh, i don't know if you know brian larkin who was in the first, oh, yeah. first mm-hmm. vengeance movie and chasing the dragon so many other movies uh london has fallen terrific guy i love working with him and yes very kindly asked me to direct the third uh, episode as it were and i'm really proud of it it's it's kind of an espionage thriller it'll be out on the festival circuit i guess as soon as things start opening up again uh dead end one and two are very well thought of and um yeah i'm, I'm really honored that you asked me to come along we've had an amazing shoot in scotland and then in london so it was yeah cool, it was cool. um so that's great i also directed a short uh in january which is my first horror i should call it my first horror uh, <laughs> called, nice. called Life Force, uh, which is a very strange, macabre horror movie, uh, and I'm hoping that that will see its its completion by the end of the year. But of course, things have slowed down somewhat due to uh, that weird little pandemic we've all been experiencing. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, you're, you're keeping busy, so that's great. But uh, I guess the uh, the the top of mind question then is is John Gold coming back? Good question. Uh, <laughs> there currently exists two scripts for wow, okay. for further vengeance, and they're not like they they are completely separate stories again, uh, being written with the mind that again you don't need to necessarily have seen parts one and two, but if you have, that helps. Um, and they are totally, they're not like the same idea with two different versions. They're like just completely different. So they could be kind of Vengeance 3 and 4, uh, or they could be Vengeance 3 and then, you know, uh, Brand X action movie, you know, another right. movie with some, with some name changes. Uh, I don't think we've seen the end of John Gold. I hope I'm, I hope those words aren't my, my, my <laughs> last words. <laughs> I don't think we've seen the end of John Gold. Like the first movie got received well enough to do the second one. The second one seems to be going well um so let's see and we, and we all have a blast we really do but the team on both movies uh from what i can tell unless they're lying to me all seem to have a blast <laughs> doing it so i uh, you know we would love to do it again awesome awesome and uh where can the audience go then to follow you ah, social stalking um so <laughs> i'm on all the things as at ross boyask 
to follow evolutionary films because of course we have met plenty of titles as well as obviously the vengeance franchise it's at evo films uk on all of the things and then of course if you want to follow the vengeance franchise it's at vengeance film uk again on all the socials the reason it was called that was originally the film was just called vengeance right so uh, you know maybe we should have looked up another <laughs> another handle <laughs> uh, but if, if you seek out the movie or, or dare i say Billy jones or Stu bennett you'll, you'll find uh, information well, and we'd love to hear from people if people are following us we love to yeah. interact with people it's lovely to hear what you're thinking you know we're happy to answer questions and so forth no, that's fantastic. So uh, those all those links will be in the show notes as well. So uh, if you want to follow along, please do. Uh, best of luck with uh, Evolutionary Films and everything that's going on. Uh, we'll be on the lookout for Tribal. Yes, it's a lot of fun. If you like, if you like things like The Descent or or that kind of you know like survival horror, and there's loads of bust them ups. There's loads of fights. <laughs> excellent, excellent, Ross. Thank you so much for uh, for taking some time out to talk. Best of luck with everything that's going on, and of course, stay safe, uh, stay home for as long as you have to. But uh, get get back out there and make uh, some some cool action films, and uh, I'll be along for the ride. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. It's been an absolute pleasure. Many thanks to Ross Boyask for chatting with me. If you're in the U.S., go check out I Am Vengeance, which is out on Netflix right now. Then check out I Am Vengeance Retaliation, streaming on a number of services, including Prime Video. If you're in the UK, you can check out Retaliation starting July 13th. Then you can swing by Instagram and let Ross know what you thought of the film. It was great fun having him on, and I wish him the best of luck on all his future projects, which he and Evolutionary Films will no doubt share on their pages, so give them a stalk or two. All those links will be in the show notes. In the meantime, give me a follow on all my socials as well. Also, look for me on Patreon, where I will be sharing exclusive access to the video interviews with my special guests, including Ross here himself, and many more to come. Until next time, Poison Clan, peace. Poison Clan rocks the world. Some action, drink a little wine and get drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's swamp We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine and get drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's swamp We smash the place up with a dragon claws I see the iron fist debunk from the daily prayers Shouting monks on their hands, running down the thousand stairs The fate of Lee Khan, now's in King Yu's hands With the fearless Aida roaming over the land Yeah, the little big soldier is older and wiser He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to raise jars Fight for the cars, then pause, hear the applause Not again, back kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good, but boards don't hit back Yeah, the death jewels here, Derry D is coming back The Tai Chi master, Jet Li's even faster Could chat a little drink because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine, but see Maggie show his spine Golden Swallow has arrived Shang-Chi movies will the hero will survive We've got the brave archer make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight, may as well pick the spot Yeah the sky goes black, cut the vampires back We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all to so stand back He plays the black magic on the soul of the sword And our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah, Wing Chun Shaolin and Mantis style Yeah defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. 
this time is war We smash the place up with our dragon claws We walk into the tea house ready for some action Drink a little wine, we get a drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with our dragon claws See it's a game of death yo, you're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun Assassin slashing blood or just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance the bone stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got her just in yellow but she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms, that's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor when the blood It'll splatter against the walls, no fear at all To kill them all, there's always blood spilled When you head into a war, fearless Unleash the fist of legend that the car gently I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these There's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we get it drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we get it drunk and then we're fighting Ha!